this is Kate Magic and you're listening to the Raw Living Podcast. Raw Living is Europe's leading raw foods and superfood supplier and I founded the company back in 2002. In this interview series, I'm talking to some of the people behind the brands that we offer on our shop to find out what exactly is the ethos behind the company. Not just the ingredients that they use and the processes that they use to create the end results, but I'm asking them other questions like how do they show respect for the environment, how do they treat their workers and their relationship to the farmers who grow the crops. All the companies that we work with are putting huge amounts of dedication and commitment into creating products that are benefiting not just you, but also the whole ecosystem, the planet, the people. And with this series, I'm hoping to show insights into that. When you're shopping with these companies, you're really not just investing in your health, you're truly investing in a better world for us all. Today I'm talking with David Barbash of Harmonic Enterprises about their new pine needle extract and how it affects shikimate pathways and what that has to do with spike proteins. <laughs> Hi David, thanks for joining me again. Yeah, nice to see you Kate. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, really excited. It's uh, always a pleasure to spend time with you uh, across the pond via the, uh, the magic called Zoom. Yes, yes. So we're here to talk about the new Harmonic Enterprises pine needle extract. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it was uh, developed actually by um, Patrick Bailey, who was um, for us, um, and he was the original founder of Harmonic Enterprises. And he came out of retirement to make this. And um, we're, we're excited to, um, you know, distribute the product under our label. It's really powerful blend of wild-crafted pine needles, uh, organic star anise and organic fennel. And around the, 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 this time of COVID, uh, a, lot, a lot of concerns with some of the side effects of COVID-19 in worst-case scenarios the platelet aggregation, which could cause the clots, the myocarditis, the pericarditis. Also, um, there were some claims from different camps about, you know, viral shedding spike protein being a concern, uh, especially with the technology that copies, transcribes the MR, you know, the mRNA that transcribes the RNA of the spike. Um, and there's concern about GMOs in general, whether it's gene therapy or the GMO foods, damaging something called the shikimate pathway. And shikimate pathway, this pathway is involved. It's literally, if you study the microbiome, you'll see that it's vital to keep the health of the microbiome. And it will help a lot of the, the science that we've seen on shikimic acid is helping to potentially prevent platelet aggregation, help maintain healthy control of inflammation, helping maintain uh, healthy antioxidant status, help a healthy biotic status in terms of antifungal, um, very effective against certain resistant strains of bacteria. Uh, obviously we've seen the overuse of antibiotics in our society, we see the glyphosate 
that dominates global agriculture, especially here where I live in the States. It dominates agriculture, and we've seen a massive disease. 57% of Americans have at least three you know, conditions that they're being diagnosed with, as opposed to pre-glyphosate um, that was in the teens, percentage was, you know, no more than 15% of the population had that type of disease status. And so I think studying, uh, I think Judy Mikovits, um, Judy Mikovits in other, in other parts of the world, depends how you pronounce it, uh, she came out and claimed that, that there was an antidote for the, the, the spike and in relationship to protocols. And um, you know, Patrick developed it when his niece uh, contacted him and said, hey, I'm getting together with the family for a family function. I'm the only one that's not going to be vaccinated. Um, do you have something that can help me give me some protection if I have some concerns of potential you know, viral shedding? And um, he developed this blend of the organic star anise, the wildcrafted pine needle extract, uh, and the, uh, the organic fennel. And so um, she started out just doing uh, about an equivalent of about a teaspoon before the event, an equivalent of about a teaspoon after the event. And um, it really started sort of by accident. He wasn't going to launch it on the market. And... Um, then he had some feedback from some of the beta testers that he just wanted to, hey, Marusha Marapisi uh, in upstate New York, who has been in the industry for about 40 years, she was one of the beta testers, and she came back and said, wow, we're seeing people that their sugar levels are, are balancing out. Um, the, the analgesic effects, less pain people were claiming. People were cl claiming, uh, yes, um, I had issues with um, formation of clots um, and it seemed to be helpful and we were getting this type of feedback. And Brandon, of course, are the owner at Harmonic Enterprises, uh, when Pat created that, we jumped all over it. We were like, hey, we want to make this available to the world and to people that are concerned about the side effects. Whether you're unvaccinated or vaccinated, it can really benefit you you know so let's break it down because i think yeah. a lot of times we kind of hear these things and then everyone jumps on the the bandwagon of it and then you're not really sure <laughs> what's going on i think it's really interesting to kind of just break it down and really understand yeah. properly so so pine needle extract contains shikamic acid yes yes yeah, so um the pine needle the star anise and the fennel, all three, three of the highest sources of this shikimic acid. And as humans, I, from what my understanding is, we don't have a shikimic pathway, but in plants, plants in, in terms of the microbiome and the, the bacteria, they have the, 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 bio, the biotic environment within plants has the shikimate pathway. So you're using this to manufacture critical formation of certain amino acids, things like phenylalanine and tyrosine. And it's very, very important. And when 
were exposed to GMO foods, this glyphosate, this glycine component in glyphosate, the Bayer Monsanto product, um, the evidence says that it actually can damage this pathway and affect your ability to produce the tyrosine and the critical amino acids like phenylalanine and affect dopamine. And now, obviously, you're affecting people's potential brain chemistry and you're affecting the manufacture of critical amino acids. And also, um, there's some evidence that exposure to excessive amounts of glyphosate will allow aluminum to almost like be caged. And now you potentially might have a harder time detoxing heavy metals uh-huh. like aluminum. So, you know, um, the plant-based, what I see is the plant-based push. Everybody's on behind the plant-based movement, which I think on the surface seems, I think, a very good idea to move away against from animal agriculture and the slaughter of animals. But at the same time, 75 to 80% of what I'm seeing in these new, almost like engineered plant-based products for the plant-based patties, the plant-based burgers, the plant-based hot dogs, uh, plant-based ice creams and so forth, are using non-organic pea protein, which is one of the highest glyphosate-containing foods on the planet. The tests are off the charts of conventional pea protein even pea protein supplements containing glyphosate levels. Um, Oats, big in the UK, oats, right? We all grew up with porridge, you know? Uh, So if you look at the levels of the conventional oat manufacturers, the amount of glyphosate and using uses a desiccant uh, right before pre-harvest. I thought desiccated oats was, when I was a kid, I thought the word desiccated oats, you know, like, okay, that's... uh, healthy thing and it wasn't desiccating means they're using glyphosate pre-harvest right. and maybe it was later it's probably in the late 90s wasn't a kid but it was in the 90s probably in my um around late 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 20s maybe um and that's when i first started seeing the word desiccated oats right you know sort of in the mid 90s because i think glyphosate came out what around 90 in the 90s i think the the, uh, the permits for that i think were issued in the so 90s. you said humans don't contain the shikimut pathway but it's in the well, plants. Well, yeah, or in other words, naturally, we don't have a shikimate pathway. But again, if you're ingesting plants, and even if you don't ingest plants, and you're, say you're a meat eater, but then you're eating whatever the animal eats, right? Right. It could be grass-fed meat. It could be grain-fed meat. Again, grains, it's plant. Uh, soy, they feed soy, don't they, to the cows, I think? Yeah, but that's another thing, isn't it? So, you know, the glyphosate, glyphosate there and then it's like okay well somebody say not a, a vegan and they're a, a meat eater and they say well i'm eating grass-fed but if it's not organic grass-fed the grass is sprayed with glyphosate yeah and then you've got um ewg this environmental working group in the states they did they tested um i think it was beer german uh, no 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 sorry they, that's another company that tested that it was a, they tested um variety of foods chickpeas oats and different things and even the, the, the glyphosate levels were off the charts with chickpeas but even the organic ones 
some of the organic wow. chickpeas were had levels of glyphosate higher than the European standards. And it showed even in, I think, German beer, even some of the organic, like Samuel Smith, I grew up drinking Samuel Smith. <laughs> um, you know, I grew up in Yorkshire and Samuel Smith, and they had a great organic, you know, chocolate stouts, and they've got organic India pale ale. And, but they, they had a lot lower levels of glyphosate, but they had, I think it was five parts per billion. And uh, really, you want to try and keep it. I think the, the level in water shouldn't be higher than 0.1 parts per billion, I think. And anything above that, you know, depending on, of course, in the States, they allow up to 400 parts per billion. Wow. Um, and um, I think, yeah, their levels for, for organic as well, like um, their organic standards in the US is more than 10 times higher than wow. what's allowed of glyphosate. Um, as residue, in other words, from cross-contamination. Right. And you can still be called organic. But right. think, people think, oh, I'm getting organic. There's no glyphosate. Well, if the neighboring farm is using, and the on bordering neighboring farms are using tons of glyphosate, you might get some airborne or even waterborne, you know, drift. And can you explain to us how it works in the gut? It affects the gut, doesn't it? It does. It does. It, it damages. So it damages um, the evidence that we've seen that, again, um, that is collected about damaging the shikimate pathway. And it could really shut down that my, the health of the microbiome and, and the guts, your second brain. Um, you talk about your immune part of your immune system in terms of affecting your immune system response, inflammation. Um, so many different things. We're just seeing more degenerative things. We see more autoimmune now with this. Um, and the shikimate, the shikimate uh, pathways is increased the health of it by increasing shikimic acid. So if you can find plant sources of the shikimic acid, the idea is restore the health of the microbiome, reduce down some of that potential for platelet aggregation, you know, you know blood cells. Sort of clumping and sticking together, um, helping with inflammation, helping with blood sugar control, antifungal. We've got so much um, candida rife in Western society, right? Bleach, flour, um, you know, bromated flour, GMO sugar, right. corn syrup everywhere, GMO corn syrup used in right. a lot of foods, especially when you eat out. You know, they're using rapeseed oil to cook GMO rapeseed oil. You know, you think that every place that you go out to eat, um, they're using organic palm oil, organic coconut oil. No. 99% of the restaurants are using some form right. of either that or if they are using extra virgin olive oil, they're probably doing it maybe healthy on a salad, but it's probably breaking down and oxidizing yeah. at the temperatures that they're cooking at. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So could you... Um, explain to us what a spike protein is. No one had even heard of spike proteins two years ago. Could you yeah, it's, that down? Oh, no. it's weird because I remember early in the pandemic, uh, Sukarat, Dr. Sukarat Bakdi, the, the Thai German doctor, he was one of the first doctors that I saw talking about, you know, immunologist over 30 years, right, at the University of Mainz in Germany. And he was talking about spike protein being 
um, a biotoxin. And he thought it was like the waste by, waste byproduct. So if you look at like a, um, under a microscope, I guess, remember when we saw it on TV, we saw it almost look like a crown-like, a thorny-like, crown-like part. And it's really the spike protein, this almost like biotoxin, like that, the waste byproduct of the virus, right? Um, and that, the idea of, I think, the mRNA, in my take on the mRNA is, okay, if I can transcribe that mRNA, make a co written copy of it, then I can somehow stimulate the immune response. But then you can't necessarily, in theory, if you, if you could guarantee what type of antibody was being produced, maybe there could be some validity to that. If um, you weren't producing it 24-7, essentially, and they're constantly making copies of it. And maybe in a vulnerable portion of the population, maybe, you know, very advanced age people with, you know, very high, you know, bad conditions in terms of comorbidities. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a slight percentage difference, but for somebody like me, 56, I'm under 65, I'm not on any medications, I'm exercising, eating organic, I have no comorbidities, I have no hereditary type of major issues. Um, what was it, 99.97? Yeah, 97% um, <laughs> in, my, in my age group, the, the, risk, the risk reduction, you know, it 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 match it doesn't match up. I mean, in the younger in the, in the younger population, it's like they might be ninety nine point nine eight percent survival rate, and yet the rate of myocarditis, pericarditis in teenagers and, and people in their twenties, the incidences have 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 been a lot higher. But yeah. so it is an experimental shot. So you know, if you want to. Do if you want to take the shot out of fear, or or if you've been mandated to take it, or if that's your preference. Um, we say that the shikimic acid needs to be rich in in your consumption, and if you're worried about the side effects of the immunization shots, you know, the, specifically in this case, it's not really a a, a, a traditional vaccine, the mRNA. Um, so it could maybe address some of the concerns like inflammation, like preventing potentially the platelet aggregation, helping with um, uh, and the analgesic side, pain, inflammation, blood sugar control, antifungal action. I, I like homeopath I like the, the idea of homeopathy because you're getting the, sort of stimulating your immune response by using the, the frequency. Of the, of the plants versus something that, you know, we don't know, are there, is there HIV sequencing in there? Is there um, other undesirable heavy metals in there? Are there toxins in there? We don't know. Yeah, yeah. So know. it also seems likely that if someone has a diet that's high in processed foods and particularly GMO foods, then they're going to be more susceptible to the effects of virus and the injections yeah i think so i think if you don't have that you know like like um foundation strong foundation for protection high shikimic acid content obviously vitamin d 
zinc levels, um, antioxidant-rich foods, things like you know the elderberry and so forth, and then working on detox because I, well, since I've been consuming the the pine needle extract blend, I notice um, increased volume uh, when you know I'm doing my my ablutions and um, number two, and I see that it's not. Not necessarily more frequent, slightly more frequency, but definitely more volume. So definitely you see the detox and it's reaching areas that I, I didn't think was possible because I've done detox most of my life. I'm, <laughs> you know, they say for every meal that you consume, you want an exit, exit strategy for every single meal. Yeah, and you yeah. want to be, you're eating three meals a day, at least three number yeah. twos a day, Yeah, you know. Um, and the average person doesn't do that. Yeah. And so you know, the backing up toxins and... Now you've got the bombardment. The human, the human body is bombarded with the 5G. You've got microwave radiation exposure. You've got glyphosate exposure. You've got um, geoengineering exposure to heavy metals. I watched that um, documentary after the last interview we did. You said about a documentary called "What in the World Are They Spraying?" What in the world are they spraying? Yeah, that's, that's um, a really yeah. good documentary for people to watch. Yeah, it's, um, you know, there's, there's so much, I think, you know, um, to try and stay ahead of the curve, yeah. you've really got to be proactive. You can't be reactive to this. You can't be reactive to right. this. You've got to, if you really want to think about, again, it's not about vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Ultimately, if if the, if the shots are not preventing you from transmitting or getting infected, Yes, if you do it, then and if you think it's going to mitigate the symptoms, then I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and, and question your decision. But do something about it. In other words, if you do get the shot, or you've already had the shot, then increase your shikimic acid content. Focus on exercise. It's not your crutch because you still want to focus on eating healthy. Right. Having spiritual faith, some type of, you know, um, mental health exercise in the morning to yeah. ground the energy in your brain, and build healthy relationships, build a healthy diet, build a healthy exercise program. So, how do you recommend people take pine needle extract? How much should they be taking? Say, someone like yourself who's healthy and well to start with, what would be the recommended dosage? I started off doing initially, I did a one drop of all of the two ounce, uh, the Harmonic Enterprises label. We did um, one drop of all to start with, just to see, not drop, but drop of all. And then I upped it to two droppers at a time, which would be equivalent, closer to about a teaspoon equivalent. Um, and I, then I went from once a day to then when I was going out, I was doing it twice a day. And then there's some days where if I'm out in the daytime, sometime uh, I'm around people. Um, and then in the nighttime, I go out as well with the wife for dinner or something. Then uh, I'll, I'll sometimes do it as much as four drop of falls in a day. Uh -huh. I'd say probably average right now for me is two to three drop of falls. And then on the weekends, sometimes I'll, I'll crank it up, but I tend to do a little bit more than the average person. Yeah. So you're taking it before you go out? Before I go out and then when I come back. Right. Yeah. 
Right. And what about someone who's feeling unwell for whatever reason? How much would you recommend they take? I would say, you know, if somebody is maybe not as healthy in terms of, you know, I I, I, I did a healthy detox. So I'm going at least three or four times a day. Um, for me, I, I went straight into doing at least one drop of full. But I know Marusha, who we work with closely, she was one of the beta testers and she works with Pat. Um, she recommends starting out at maybe for a teenager and older, maybe a teenager, for instance, start out with maybe a third of a dropper and increase up to three times a day. Okay. Maybe children, maybe smaller children, maybe, maybe a couple, two, two, two or three drops to see how they react and then build up tolerance. Wait, maybe the first five days, see any changes, see if there's any changes in, their energy levels, brain fog, blood sugar levels, um, if they're um, more regular, you know. Um, I think if somebody is hasn't done detox before, then, yeah, maybe start on a little bit lower and then gradually work up. Maybe a healthy adult starts off with a drop of full and then work their way up, you know. You just take it neat straight into the mouth. I do. I just, yeah, straight into the mouth. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I actually actually like it other people um when i'm dosing it to my mum, who's 91 she'd be 92 hopefully in, in in may um she's been doing it for a few months and i dose it out on a teaspoon she doesn't like anything by the dropper so we just drop it on to about half a teaspoon and give that to her and she does it a couple of times a day does and, it matter when does it matter okay. what you eat? Um, empty stomach, empty stomach. But it does. I mean, you know, it's going to be healthy to take shortly after. I think even a, a meal, just because the fennel in there. You're working on. You're working on the microbiome. You're working on the shikimate pathway. So um, definitely going to help with, I think, digestion as well. Because from the fennel in there is good for digestion. Star anise is good. So you're recommending it's something that basically everyone should be taking right now? I think it should be for, yeah, for vaccinated or unvaccinated. Um, if you're a person that's not vaccinated and you're worried about, um, while the people may be asymptomatic, uh, the, the, some of the vaccinated might be asymptomatic and they might be transmitting the infection and, and you're in close quarters. Yes, distancing, yes, you know, while in some places masks are still, where the masks are still in place, and people are still wearing them, then, you know, just just uh, have some protection because the masks are shown, obviously, not to, you know, unless you're wearing an N95 all the time. Um, and then it, that also affects carbon dioxide levels as well. Um, then shikimic acid really should be one of the, I believe, the antidotes and part of a protocol that you should be doing, you know. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much, David, for your insights. No, it's great. It's always great, Kate. Um, it's just try and stay vigilant. Um, try and do as much as you can to support others and with compassion because a lot of people, you know, I, I, I'm I'm going through a good time in terms of I've, my wife and I are healthy, my mum, my mother-in-law, we're healthy here. But at the same time, I know that I've got friends that and I've got clients that have suffered through this mental health crisis. And some of my clients' children or nieces and nephews have committed suicide 
in this last year. And I've lost some close clients to COVID as well. And it's, um, it's, 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 it's an effect. If you, you know, unless you're a cold, emotionless robot, it's going to hit you emotionally. Yeah. Thank you. Really good seeing you. Thank you for your time. Have a great day. See everyone. Thank you for listening. You can check out the products we've been talking about by visiting rawliving.co.uk. And if you haven't got an account already, then do sign up. You get £5 off your first order. And also please do like, subscribe and share this podcast. It really does help.